Welcome to today's episode of Inside Startup Investing. On today's episode, I will be speaking with Paul Allen, co-founder and CEO of Citizens Portal. Citizens Portal is an AI company focused on democratizing access to our democracy's data. As I am sure you have experienced on social media, there is unfortunately a ton of incorrect information shared online these days about our government that can cause outrage, anger, and distrust in our democratic system. Citizens Portal is aiming to bring more trust in our government by creating powerful data-driven solutions that will make it easier for individuals to find out the truth about what's going on within our government's walls. They are currently raising capital on Start Engine, and you can partake. A few things that excite me about this business and the conversation I had with Paul are first, Paul is the epitome of a successful serial entrepreneur with the zeal for building transformative businesses. You may have heard of one of his first major companies, Ancestry.com, that he co-founded in the late 90s. That company sold to Blackstone in 2020 for $4.7 billion and has made Ancestry research mainstream for tens of millions of users. The second thing that stood out to me was that Paul and his team are leading with the right type of AI company. Too many companies, I believe, are being overhyped in the AI space because they are creating technology for the sake of creating technology rather than creating an application of AI technology to solve a real problem. Paul and his team are taking the endless access of government documents, data, and videos that are publicly available but painfully inaccessible and making them searchable and accessible in a seamless way. The last thing that I thought was really cool about my conversation with Paul is that we hardly discussed politics at all. Paul is building this business with an emphasis on providing easy access to the real data about what is going on in government. He's building a data business that can help us decipher what's going on in government. He isn't building a platform to prop up whatever his political beliefs may be. We need more of that in our world today, and Citizens Portal is up for that challenge. So with that, let's get on to the show and welcome our guest, Paul. For those who don't know you, would love for you to give a little bit of background about yourself, um, and if you could also give us the one-liner about what Citizens Portal is all about. Absolutely. I'm a tech entrepreneur. I started my first company with my best friend in 1990, and it was a CD-ROM publishing company called Infobases, and we had no clue what we were doing. We just wanted to put all the world's best books on CD-ROM and make them keyword searchable using a powerful search engine called Folio. And within a few years, we were making millions of dollars a year. We made the Inc. 500, and that changed my life. Going to Philadelphia in May of 96 to be celebrated along with the other 500 fastest growing companies in the world, I fell in love with entrepreneurship. I realized that I'm a founder, I'm an entrepreneur, and I had always thought I would be a professor and that teaching and academia was the only noble profession. My mom was a teacher. My dad was a professor for decades. So I always aspired to that. And when I discovered that I'm an entrepreneur, I, I was happy to fall in love with the entrepreneurship because of all the wonderful dreamers and visionaries and operators that I met in Philadelphia. It completely changed my perspective on what this field is all about. It's about improving the world and making it better through creative entrepreneurship. So I, I love being an entrepreneur. To answer your question about Citizen Portal, citizenportal.ai was launched January of 2023 with the goal of helping every citizen in the United States become fully informed and engaged as a participant in self-governing. And so the goal of, 
of Citizen Portal is to take every public meeting in the United States from the city, county, state, and federal level, transcribe and index every word, and then give citizens a powerful search engine, but also keyword alerts so that whenever a topic comes up in your local school board or your city council or your state legislature that affects your life, that you can be alerted about it and go into that moment of the meeting and find out what's going on. With the demise of newspapers over the past three decades, I saw one post on Twitter the other day, on X the other day, that the dollars made by newspaper industry dropped from $49 billion in 2006 to $9 billion in 2022. And so it's like 80% in just the last you know 15 years. So there's no um, way that the newspaper industry can afford to send journalists to cover local and state government meetings. Well, now you don't need that because citizens can pay attention, AI can assist, and we can create a new generation, a, a whole country filled with informed citizens. I love the concept when you talk about creating this informed citizen. So first off, if we could understand the solution a little bit better, what does it actually look like? And then my follow-up to that is, okay, awesome if you have a solution. How do we get people to actually utilize it rather than just listening to, you know, all the craziness, whether it be on Twitter or wherever else? The description of the product is it's like a Google search engine. You type in any keyword or phrase, and it will show you every meeting where that where that uh, word or phrase has been used. It shows you a little thumbnail of the video and the transcript. Then you click through and it takes you into that meeting right at the right moment where your city council was talking about the new tax or the new bond or the new school plan. And so, you know, it just jumps you right into that minute of the meeting. And you can read the transcript. You can also uh, highlight a clip. Uh, you highlight the transcript and make a clip and share it on social media. So we'll have hopefully millions of users, but also millions of people finding local highlights that their neighbors and friends and family should know about. And you simply highlight the text, make a clip, share it on six social media channels, or send it in an email to all your friends and neighbors. So I, th I think um, it will bring in a lot of people. Now, there's a lot of people in this country that don't trust government and are super jaded or apathetic or just too busy making $15 an hour that you don't have time to be an active, engaged citizen. And so those are huge headwinds that, that any platform like Citizen Portal would face. So the fun thing about our platform is that we'll be integrating with lots of other highly popular content creators, wikis, uh, a lot of groups that help citizens become informed on one issue or another. There are tens of millions of actively engaged citizens and there's lots of people that vote. So if we can, I, I've been telling people, when you start, when Ancestry.com was launched in the mid 90s. Before that, it was extremely time consuming and painful and expensive to go do genealogy. You almost had to travel, you had to correspond and print and photocopy lots of things. There were uh, lots of difficulties. So I believe now with 40 billion records and connected trees and AI, I literally think it's a thousand times easier to do genealogy than it was 30 years ago. Now. If in the next five to 10 years, Citizen Portal can make it a thousand times easier for you to become an informed and engaged citizen on the issues you care about, what will happen to self-government, to that great experiment of we the people 
um, uh, government by the people, of the people, and for the people. What happens if tens of millions of us can quickly and easily become informed and, and weigh in on issues that we care about? I actually think the country could go in a really good direction if enough of us step forward and participate. So, but psychologically and mentally and you know economically, we have to make it so fun and easy to be a participant in self-government that enough people will do it. Well, you brought up a really interesting point that I actually uh, think was kind of missed in in your introduction, which is you were one of the the co-founders. Uh, of Ancestry.com, which is which is a pretty big deal if you ask me. Um, let's talk about, one, your founding of Ancestry.com, but also let's hit on some more of those similarities and crossovers between these two businesses that you've created. I was very fortunate with that CD-ROM publishing company over the five or six years that we ran it to attract really good engineers, data preparation folks. We were trying to electronically publish all the best books ever written. And when we shifted from the CD-ROM publishing world to the online web genealogical data publishing world, we actually sold the CD-ROM business to a, a big publisher in Utah, and then we kept the staff and repurposed their electronic publishing from CD-ROM to web and from books to genealogical data. So we kept the team in place. Now, one of the great predictors of success in a venture is, has the team worked together successfully before? And the answer was yes. It, Ancestry had a great team at the very outset, uh, some of the best engineers and data folks I've ever worked with. Well, guess what? Some of those same people are with me today at Citizen Portal and with the parent company, Soar.com, which is going to be launching a number of AI portals like Citizen Portal. And so the team is really good. And the, the similarities are very clear. If you think about genealogy, all the records are stored in jurisdictions, churches, local governments, state governments, federal governments. There's marriage, birth, death data. There's military, land and property ownership data. There's a huge amount of government data organized by jurisdiction. Well, how different is that from what citizens need. Citizens need a platform that organizes all the local uh, video, uh, uh, publishing, documents, rules, policies, budget uh, at the local level so that it's relevant to you. So Citizen Portal someday will have billions of records and millions of hours of content. Well, most of that's not relevant to you. Ancestry.com has 40 billion records that are largely irrelevant to you. But the ones that are relevant that photo of your grandfather uh, and his signature on the World War I draft certificate, that is extremely precious to you. So it's actually a big information retrieval problem, and the same kind of team that built Ancestry will build Citizen Portal so that it's a wonderful personalized user experience for every citizen regardless of where you live. You'll know who your local effect elected officials are, the people that represent you at the city, the county, the state, and the federal government, You'll know who they are, you'll know what they've said, you'll know what they're promoting and sponsoring, and when you go into the election booth, the polling booth, uh, every two to four years, uh, you'll have had an AI that tells you which candidates best reflect and re represent your values and the issues that you care about. So I'm very excited. I think if it's a thousand times easier for people to become informed and engaged, I really think we'll get much better government outcomes in the, in the coming decades. 
Well, one could argue, you know, when you started Ancestry, right, you were probably one of the kind of first movers going into that space, creating the electronic access to, uh, you know, family records. Um, and now you're kind of taking this step on the government side. From when you started Ancestry to now, obviously, you know, when you started it, probably almost no one even knew it existed, right? And there was those handful of people that really cared about looking up the record. And now it's so mainstream. Now it's a part of everyone's lives. I feel like probably every family in the United States has someone in their family who's done the test um, and has opened up their world to their ancestry. Um, when you think about the adoption curve to something like this becoming mainstream, you know, do you think this is something that takes 10 or 20 years? Do you think AI powers a faster evolution and adoption of this type of thing in this kind of government democracy space? What are your thoughts on that? Well, two things that we're going to do that just basically copy the Ancestry playbook. Number one, we have a freemium model. Everything we do will be free to local citizens for everything that's going on in your school board, your city, your county, and your state. No charge. We'll have a lot of great relevant content for every citizen that's outside our paywall. So number one, lots of free content. Number two, we'll use the most successful marketing strategy that Ancestry ever used in its 27 year history, and that is an affiliate program. What we did in 98, and then we expanded it in 99 and 2000 is, we tried to find every other website in the world that had to do with genealogy and genealogy records, whether it was a genealogical society or a hobbyist, who was tracking birth records in some small town, and we invited them to become affiliates. Now, what they did is they put banners promoting Ancestry, or mostly they put search boxes on their website. So when their customers would come to their website, they could do a search and get all the data that Ancestry had for that surname or that, or that location. And every time that that visitor ended up becoming a paid subscriber, we would pay a healthy commission to the affiliate. Well, our affiliate program became the life-saving marketing program that helped Ancestry weather the dot-com bursting. So mm -hmm. uh, we had 400 employees. We had one person managing our affiliate program. We had 30,000 affiliates. And that one person and those 30,000 wonderful affiliates were responsible for 35% of Ancestry's new subscribers. Okay, that is a very high leverage model. One person out of 400 bringing in 35%. So what what Citizen Portal will do, Chris, is that we will contact all the local radio stations and TV stations and newspaper publishers throughout the United States that have a desire to help their local citizens become informed. And then we will embed in those websites, uh, those tens of thousands of websites, search bars, AI tools, chat GPT type tools, that are powered by Citizen Portal, where their local readers and viewers and listeners can engage with government content through the Citizen Portal widget. And then every one of those media organizations and newspapers or political interest groups or whatever, anybody can become a Citizen Portal affiliate and get a very healthy commission when anyone becomes a paid subscriber. So I actually think it'll take a few years to get to tens of millions of active users, but I don't think it will take nearly as long as it took Ancestry. One of the things you kind of talk about about Citizen Portal is, you know, we've had this vast kind of polarization uh, of kind of political viewpoints and the discussions have become very heated, right, in this country around politics. Um, and one of those things is, you know, perhaps we don't have access to all the best information about what actually is going on and getting into 
the truth, the things that are, yeah, really happening and the things that politicians are actually really saying and working on. In your experience yeah. since starting this organization, is there anything that you've been able to learn and glean by using your own service that's opened your eyes and made you go, oh my gosh, I thought X, but it was actually Y? It's a great question. Um, I do have some keyword alerts set up on Citizen Portal. So certain things that I care about, I get notified. And so I'm able to stay current and get it firsthand. That's pretty interesting. But I would say that in the two or three years that we've been thinking about this project and attending local city manager meetings or government meetings or industry uh, meetings, I've started realizing that in the laboratories of democracy all across this country, there are brilliant, wonderful, caring people who have invented programs or, or implemented policies that work really, really well in solving problems, and almost no one knows about those. Hmm. So let me give you three examples. My friend from Fort Worth, Texas, Debbie Cracky, she and a group of coaches, Gallup Certified Strengths Coaches, were tasked with helping hundreds of ex-offenders, people that had been formerly incarcerated and had a felony record, to come back into civilian life, land on their feet, get a job, and her program was called the Next Step Program. And what they would do is they would take these formerly incarcerated people who didn't have a good resume and their skills were rusty. They would spend two weeks helping them discover their Clifton Strengths top five strengths. Now, it used to be called Strengths Finder. And these people who didn't really have a high view of themselves, they'd you know, obviously made a lot of big mistakes and had gone to jail. Um, you don't have a lot of self-belief at that point. So the coaches would spend much of the two weeks helping them see their talents and how they had showed up in previous parts of their life, whether that was elementary school, high school, or a previous job. And they would help them create a resume that focused on their strengths and their talents. Basically, what value do you bring to an employer? Then this special program would subsidize employment for two months. So not a lot of entrepreneurs are looking to hire someone with a felony record. But if you say, hey, Chris, you get three people. They've just come out of jail. Um, they'll work for no cost for you for three months. Okay, that might be tempting. So a lot of hiring managers would say yes, get a two-month subsidy, and then a two-month 50% subsidy. At the end of the four months, the employer has to decide whether to keep this person employed. 83% of the people going through this program kept their full-time job. And the recidivism rate for the Next Step program is about 5%, the lowest program of recidivism I've ever heard in any program in the United States. Now, has that spread to every other county or city in the United States? No, it has not spread. To my knowledge, it has not spread to a single other jurisdiction. Another city manager in Texas told me that he saved his city hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, by eliminating the expensive and not very well used public transit system, the busing system, replacing it with an, an app that was um, built an Uber integration and provided a subsidy for public transportation for any citizen in his or resident in his city, including a free trip to the airport um, for anyone that needed to go to the airport. So all of a sudden, this city saves a ton of money, and instead of a busing system that is a route, uh, it's now hyper transit, hyper local mobile transit point to point. They come and pick you up, they drop you off, the city pays I think $10 of that or free if it's to the airport, and now every citizen in that city has a better 
point-to-point delivery system and the drivers make money. So it's a big cost savings. And has that spread to other cities or, or counties? I don't think so. Um, there's my favorite story is a school in Texas where all the kids were reading below grade level. And it was frustrating because, you know, parents often don't have time to read to their kids, don't take time to read to their kids. And the teachers don't have time to read one-on-one -on -one with each child. And the pairing of a child with an adult to help them read is probably the most important thing that happens to early readers. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a rest home or a senior care center down the street, and somebody had the idea to bus in or drive in all of the elderly people in the care center weekly to sit down and pair up with these elementary school age kids and to read with them every, every week. And what I heard was that by the end of the year, all the kids were reading above grade level and bonus, the medication use in the care center dropped by 60% because the elderly people had something to look forward to and live for every, every week. So that's a brilliant experiment that somebody did. It worked. Has that spread to every other part of the United States? No. Could it? Yeah, to some percentage it could, where there's a school nearby a senior care center. And so all of a sudden, I think, you know, Citizen Portal can easily find excesses, ex excessive spending and maybe donors or, or winning government contracts. Maybe there's some corruption in local government or city or state government, uh, just like there were always corrupt chapters in American history with Boss Tweed and Tammany Hall running New York City for decades and many, many other examples like that throughout our country's history. Well, if that's happening today, AI and citizens powered by AI should be able to find that very easily and quickly and stamp it out. And then, more importantly, find policies and programs that work and make sure they spread so we can solve homelessness, we can get rid of the opioid epidemic. And if any local jurisdiction has come up with a way to do it, that way ought to be shared across all of our uh, geographies and citizens and elected officials should embrace the programs that work and we could really restore our country on a good trajectory, I think, if we all do our part. In 2024, we obviously have a, you know, a major election coming uh, about on the national stage. What role do you think Citizens Portal can play in it? And from your perspective, what would be kind of a positive outcome of having something like Citizen Portal in place rather than it not existing in a major election like this. We're about to announce some major partnerships that will allow Citizen Portal to play a really, really key role in educating each voter about who the candidates are that are running for the local and state and, and federal offices. So I definitely think that Citizen Portal, by the end of this year, will have an AI-powered scorecard that's personalized to you based on where you live and what offices are up for election and what candidates have said on the very issues you care about. So we think for the first time in history, there can be an AI-generated scorecard, but as you look at the score that it gives you the match, you know, the percentage match that this person represents, you'll be able to click through and actually listen to things they've said that you agree with or that you don't agree with. So it won't just give you a score and say, hey, trust us. It will give you links to actual things they've said on audio or video or things they've written. So I'm very excited about that. Personally, I'm motivated because when I moved to Missouri in 2020, I, I voted in the next election and I did not know any candidate of the 40 or so that were on the ballot. I was so embarrassed. I put my I voted sticker on my dashboard and I thought I'm never going to go into a voting booth again 
with no knowledge about what any candidate has said or stands for on the issues I care about. I'm like, why do I pat myself on the back and put a sticker on my shirt because I voted when I voted ignorantly? And that was very painful. I, I was not ignorant in previous elections because I'd lived in the same area for decades. But when I moved, I didn't know anyone. And I needed an AI tool that would say, here are the 40 candidates. Here are the three or five issues that I have said I care about. Where do they stand on those issues? Boom, boom, boom. I get the match. I go in. I'm very informed. And I vote for the people that actually will represent me well. I love that. And I, I, I certainly can uh, attest to that myself, having moved about a year and a half ago in my first election, I was looking at these names and I'm like, I, I have no idea, you know, for local positions. And you do find yourself in that, that feeling of, I'm not informed at all on this. Um, and how do I get trained up on that? How do I get educated on the, the folks who are running? And it's frankly been harder than I expected to do so. So I love having something like this exist. Um, now, I want to talk about one potential downside to a tool like this um, and then talk about end outcomes and, and where you're headed. On the downside, do you ever worry that a tool like this is the perfect tool for you know, news partners, whether it's Fox or it's CNN, whatever side you're on, um, you know, where this becomes a really powerful tool to find those exact moments when, when politicians you know, choke up or say the wrong thing and they can you know, find those finite moments because this is a really powerful tool to quickly find things. Uh, is there a potential negative implication of how this could be used? Do you know, I've learned there's a whole concept in polit politics and campaigning called opposition research. And there's already millions or hundreds of millions of dollars for all the major elections that people are spending time and lots of resources to try to go find every gaffe, every stumble, every flip flop. It already is happening, Chris. And a lot of the TikTok viral videos are the very thing that you're talking about. Will Citizen Portal make it possible for people to find clips and string them together and embarrass candidates? Yes. Is that our goal? No. Um, what we'd like to do is empower people that want to find good and shine a bright light on the really good things. So our clipping tools will try to help people focus on what's working, what's good for the country. And uh, we'll have uh, leaderboards for people that are clipping things. We'll have positive We'll have a taxonomy of citizen topics and issues where good solutions are being prom promoted to the top. And since we're not an advertising model, we don't care how many views something gets. We don't want the most salacious, uh, titillating, extreme content to get a billion views so we can make advertising dollars. That is not our business model. We do not auction off your time and attention to the highest bidder. Unlike many social media business models that take all the data they can get about you and find out what you like and what you'll click on, what you'll buy, and then they sell that data to the highest bidder, that highest bidder doesn't often have your well-being in mind. Our business model is not that. Our business model is we want every American citizen to have access to their local government and state government contests so you can be informed and engaged. Number two, we have a nationwide data set of all the 50 states and all the federal government and you can pay $100 a year and become a paying subscriber and start getting involved and start using our GPT tools, our AI query engines that are way more powerful than search engines. And so you become a paying customer for less than $10 a month and you'll build this company which has the goal of serving American citizens with real information about your government. 
And so um, I'm worried about lots and lots of things about, you know, where AI could go and how people can use tools in a harmful way. We're planning another partnership with a wonderful nonprofit. I won't announce it here today, but in March, you'll see that we'll be rolling out a tool that will help all American citizens grade our political elected leaders and candidates on a scale of contempt for other people to dignity and respect for other people, even if they disagree with you. So in other words, there's a wonderful index coming out powered by AI that we will be uh, amplifying and spreading all across the country. And the goal will be to celebrate and highlight those rare politicians who can oppose ideas without attacking other people, calling them evil, villainous, you're going to ruin the country. You know, it's there's all this kind of extreme on both sides. And what we'll try to do is highlight those leaders who can listen and learn from other people who have different ideas than them and not vilify them instantly and not use demonizing your opponent as the way to raise money and the way to get into office. And so, so of course, that's how people have gotten fundraising in the last few election cycles, and that's how they get elected. And, and then you elect the more extreme candidate. Well, if we can, as citizens, say, you know, I do care about these issues, but I also care about elected leaders that are good human beings that view their political opponents as not enemies, but as fellow human beings who have different opinions. So instead of increasing the polarization, we're hoping that weaving in this, this tool that kind of discourages people from having contempt for one another and threatening each other in words or, or even worse, um, to have a celebration of dignity and public discourse that is open to lots of ideas even though we have to make hard choices down the road, we don't have to vilify or demonize each other. We can actually have respect, civility, and tolerance, and even love for our enemies. I know that's a high order, but there are people in this world who have manifest that and encouraged that. So Citizen Portal aspires to be a non-toxic platform for all citizens and residents of the United States where we can self-govern together, in a pluralistic way, with all people being respected and included, and with hopefully good, wise outcomes uh, as a result. You're currently raising capital on Start Engine. Talk to us about use of funds, and you know what does success look like for you in the next two to three years? You know, when I started Ancestry, I thought we were going to have to raise $100 million or more dollars just to digitize and to index content. And when Citizen Portal, you know, we figured we were going to need millions of dollars to take video and transcribe it all. Well, the good news is, Chris, in the last two years, the cost for us to transcribe at a very, very high quality level has dropped by no more than 90%. So we don't need millions and millions of dollars to take uh, video and audio. It's, it's going down, and our, our post-processing tools are getting better. Our speaker diarization, speaker attribution tools are becoming very advanced. And so um, I think that the goal of the fundraise is to, well, number one, it doubles as a marketing moment. When, when all of a sudden, you know, tens of millions, or sorry, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people hear about raising money, they, they go check it out. So uh, we've had a huge growth in registered users and tons of publicity. And 
I, I think uh, you could go raise money from venture capitalists and get one check for $10 million, or you can get a lot of people investing and lots of people uh, telling everybody about it because they invested it. So we're, we're actually using crowdfunding as a marketing launch event as well. And, and it's really, really satisfying. We'll keep doing what we're doing and adding more content and more AI and uh, more personalization. And so, you know, we, we need great engineering talent and that's really what we're spending the money on. Well, Paul, thank you so much for your insights, for your thoughts um, and for the business that you're building. I think it's a, a really unique and integral one um, for our future. So I really appreciate it. And thank you everyone for listening as always. <laughs>